Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Uh, We love you guys. I'm so grateful uh, to have the opportunity to hang out with you all uh, today. I love this church. I love that God has given me the honor um, to pastor this church. It's an honor. It's an honor to be able to serve you and to be able to do our best to provide an atmosphere for you, for your family, uh, to grow spiritually. I believe with all my heart, God has something so special marked out for this church. I believe Oaks Church is supposed to be and will be and is on the track to be one of the most influential bodies of people in this city. We're only three years old. We're a baby church. We're still growing up, sorting stuff out. Um, If you haven't found a place to get plugged in yet, we need help. We need your help. This is kind of an all hands on deck type uh, organization where uh, we're not just here to coast. Uh, we need to all be involved, all plug in. And I'm super grateful that we're surrounded by such incredible people. Um, someone told me the other day they were they were really impressed with how pretty the people at Oaks Church were. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, the Bible says if you walk with the, with the wise, you become wise. So I figured that translates. If you walk with pretty people, you become prettier, right? So thank you for being pretty. I need all the help I can get. Um, uh, Let's pray. We're going to jump right into it today. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. God, you're so good. You're so good. Someone came to Jesus and said, hey, good teacher. And Jesus said, there's no one good except God. You are all goodness. Father, release your goodness to us today. Everything you do. For our benefit, you do because of your goodness, because of your love. Father, we're humbled and we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, today is uh, June 19th. Uh, Last year, an official national holiday was put in place, a holiday called Juneteenth. Many of us had never heard of that before. We didn't know certain parts of our uh, American history and specifically our Texas history. Uh, I, I did a little research on that. Um, it was in uh, 1865, June 19th, 1865, when the news of the Emancipation Proclamation and the slaves being set free finally made it to Galveston, Texas. Two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation had actually made it an edict of our government that all slavery was illegal and all slaves would be set free. But the Confederate Army held out for almost two and a half years. And, and finally, when they were defeated fully and pushed all the way back, two months later, the news got to Galveston, Texas. So this is a holiday that started in Texas, and it's something that I, I appreciate and I'm happy to celebrate because we know that Jesus is freedom, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we know that he made all of his children, every single one of us, all the different flavors, all the different colors, all the different hues, all the different cultures, and God loves and appreciates the difference. We're not supposed to be homogenized and all the same. It's the differences in us that make us so beautiful. And we need to focus constantly on appreciating each other, appreciating our differences, and loving each other for who God made us to be. I don't want anyone to be 
something they're not called to be and supposed to be and designed to be by God. This is not a place where we can form and, and, and force everyone into uh, brick-like shapes and everyone has to be all the same. The Bible doesn't say that we are God's bricks. It says we are lively stones. Every one of us different. Every one of us unique. And I want to, in Jesus' name, release you into total freedom to be the fullness of who he called you to be. He made you different. He made you interesting. He made you unique, especially you, Cassius. Very, very unique. Last week, we talked about uh, some wisdom that came from the centurion, the man that Jesus said he had never seen such great faith in all of Israel. Jesus, in his 30-plus years of life, the nation of Israel that had been selected to release the Savior and to release salvation into the world, and it was a Roman soldier, a centurion, a soldier that was the highest level in the infantry that you could be, but the lowest level of, 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 of officers. So he had a prestigious position, meaning that he had risen from poverty, no status, he wasn't well-born, but he had risen as an infantryman all the way up to the rank of a centurion. It was a high-level position in the infantry, but also a modest position. He had a lot of people over him. And he explained to Jesus why he didn't need Jesus to come to his house. Because Jesus was the authority. He could recognize great authority in Jesus. So he said, Jesus, I get this. I understand authority. I'm a man under authority. Someone gives me orders, I do what they say. I give orders, they do what I say because I'm under that authority. So all you have to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was blown away. It says he was amazed. You know, there was another time that Jesus was amazed. It was when he went to his own hometown of Nazareth. And it says he couldn't do any great miracles there because of their unbelief. And he actually marveled at their unbelief. He was amazed at their unbelief, the complete opposite of this pagan Roman who had no covenant with God. Jesus did come for the nation of Israel, but he also came for the entire world. Today, as I dig into this a little bit, I, I, I had an entire second or segment of my message last week that I didn't get to. I, I just couldn't fit it in. And I was tempted to move past it, but I couldn't escape it. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to, to dive deeper into the understanding and the revelation that came out of this centurion. And so I have studied into some of the history, some of the culture, some of the military rankings uh, inside of the Roman uh, army and the mindset that this centurion would have had. Now, I didn't spend any time in the military. I flirted with the idea when I was uh, a high school senior. I tested pretty well on the ASVAB test, and I had a Navy recruiter that was after me, man, telling me I could be like a nuclear physicist because I was so intelligent. He was just blowing smoke. I got like a high C on the test, right? It's like a C plus. But apparently where I grew up, uh, the average score was like a low F. And uh, so I was, you know, I was at the top of the pond, you know, so to speak, uh, in, in, that, in that area. And, and so I was flattered, and I was thinking about it, but then I began to think about Someone telling me what to do all the time. I thought about having someone over me and someone yelling at me. And all of the movies 
calling me a maggot or a whale snot or whatever they call that guy that's in basic training. And I, and I didn't want to be treated like that. And I thought, you know what? I think I'll go my own way, make my own path. And that was the path for me. Everyone has a different path. But I missed out, many of us miss out, on understanding the mindset that one has when they serve their country, when they serve in the military. Uh, different nations, when you're, if you ever go to Israel, we've been to Israel a couple times now. When you're in Israel, you look around, everywhere you go, you're surrounded by 18, 19, 20-year-olds with AR-15s and all kinds of assault weaponry, and they're just, I mean, they're walking around, they're going to coffee shops, and they got an assault rifle over their shoulder, just walking around, talking, having a good time. They literally live as soldiers. Every high school graduate spends two years mandatory in the military. Every single one of them are trained for combat because their nation is surrounded on all sides at all times by people that want to kill them just the truth that they've got they've got all of these different arab nations that are they've got thousands of years of conflict and warfare that goes all the way back to early stories in the bible where brothers had conflict uh jacob and esau all of the all of these different split offs and these different relationships and they live in conflict so every single one of them are trained to be part of the military everywhere that they go, and then they move off of, out of their season, but they're trained, and if they're ever needed, they have that type of training. Most of us don't have that type of mentality. How many of you served in the military? Any? Okay, there we go, a number of you. How many of you saw active duty? I know Ken did. I've read your books, my friend. They've got some incredible stories. Active duty back there as well. There's a different mindset, a very different mindset than someone that has been in service, but never saw duty, active duty, someone that's actually been on the front lines. You have experiences. You think differently. In order to understand a little bit more about how this centurion would think, I, I talked with a few friends this week. See, there's a verse, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. Paul is teaching his spiritual son, Timothy, how to think. He uses three examples. He says, join with me in suffering. <laughs> oh, man. We as Christians can be so soft. Anybody want to suffer? Man, I just love to suffer. No. And it's vacation time, right? I want to be wearing flip-flops. I want to be sitting by the pool. I want to relax. I don't want to suffer. I mean, I like working out, but I don't want to suffer. The CrossFit. My God, you guys are nuts. I actually like CrossFit, Except I keep getting hurt when I try to do it. Join with me in the suffering like a good soldier of Christ. There's an example over and over again in Scripture of us being a part of the Lord's army, of us being soldiers. But many of us have no clue how to think like that. Paul goes on to explain, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. We'll dive into that a little bit more in just a moment. But rather, tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown unless, uh, except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer 
should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Paul uses three illustrations. A soldier, the mindset of a soldier, the mindset of an elite athlete. Gymnasio was exercise. That's the word for exercise. Uh, Paul was a sportsman. Many times in scripture, he talked about competition. He talked about athletes. He talked about running your race. He talked about exercising Unto godliness. Interestingly, that word exercise in the scriptures, the Greek word exercise, gymnasio, means to practice naked. Strange. But in those days, the Olympians that competed in the Greek Olympics and the Roman competitions, they competed naked. What's, what's the point of that? They were completely uninhibited, unhindered by clothing. They believed Two things. Number one, that the lack of clothing put them into the form where they were the closest to the gods because they were in their natural form. Number two, they had nothing holding them back. They had nothing catching the wind. They had nothing that would keep them that someone could grab a hold of to use against them. So they had a mindset. There's a mindset that Paul is describing here. The mindset of a soldier. The mindset of a competitive Olympic level athlete. In the mindset of a farmer, someone that's doing the work, but also, this is so pretty, also has the expectation and the faith for a harvest, for a reward. I asked a few friends this week to help me with the mindset of someone in the military. My friend Jeff Willie, who's a, was a retired, he is a retired master sergeant from the Air Force. He gave me a couple thoughts. He said, the number one thought is service before Self. Service before self. Team before self. No man left behind. Sacrifice was the mode of operation. And the number one quality, my friend Jeff was both a police officer, he's retired from that. He was also, uh, as I said, a master sergeant uh, in the Air Force. And he said the number one quality was integrity. You tell the truth, even if it hurts, even if it gets you in trouble. It was all about honor. My friend, retired Colonel Charlie Tucker here in our congregation as well, he used two words. He said authority and responsibility. As a colonel, he was over 2,000 men, women, soldiers, civilians. And his authority, he said, as a colonel came straight from the president through Congress, and directly from the, from the defense secretary. And his responsibility came in the form of orders that he received. He was given commands, and he was responsible to walk out those commands and to release his authority down line to the 2,000 people he was responsible for. And then I talked to my friend Gabe Thurn, who was a sergeant E5 special forces in the army. He saw a lot of combat. He just got back. He began to explain to me, to him, it was selfless service. Counting the cost. But when I told him that I had spoken to two higher officers, he laughed. He said, I have a different perspective. He said, those guys got to know what was going on. He goes, I had a commanding officer. The commanding officer got the orders. He got all the orders. And then he broke out and distributed those orders to whoever needed them. 
and it was all on a need-to-know basis. My orders were my orders, and I didn't know anyone else's orders. I was responsible to fulfill my orders alone and to trust that other people had their own orders. And it wasn't my job to judge them. It wasn't my job to compare against them. It was my job to fulfill my orders, their job to fulfill their orders. And if I needed to know something, they would let me know. Interesting. In this world of gossip, in this world of, you know, stuff used to happen, bad stuff used to happen, and you just didn't know about it. Now you get, you get bing, bing, all day long, bad news. The world is not necessarily any worse. In fact, the world is way better than it used to be. Did you know that in Jesus' day, 75% of the world were slaves? Did you know this? We live in a different world. Our nation that receives a lot of criticism, oftentimes from, from its own citizens, is significantly better, light years beyond the world that Jesus lived in. Women were property, real estate, a commodity to be traded. Wasn't God's design. It was the perversion of mankind. As we look into the centurion, I want to give you a few different things that the Lord highlighted to me that you are called to submit. We talked last week about how submission is not a bad word. Submission is actually a good word. It means to align in military formation. To align under authority in military formation. Submission is actually a position of power. Not a position of weakness. So the first thing to submit is your service. Service over self. Submit your service. The Roman centurion, he didn't own any of his time. He either enlisted or he was drafted. The average career span of a military man in the Roman army was about 15 years. You had to serve a minimum of 10 years. In order to retire, you had to go on 16 campaigns to earn your retirement. And, and, and that's if you lived. And he didn't own his time. He recognized this centurion that came to Jesus that understood authority. Jesus called it the greatest faith he'd ever seen. This, this Roman soldier understood that he didn't own his time. He was in the service. At any moment, he was at the beck and call of his commanding officer. Paul said, don't become entangled in civilian affairs, seeking to please yourself. But recognize and see yourself as a soldier and seek to please your commanding officer, Jesus. It's one of the reasons that Paul said, hey, uh, if you have the faith, I would encourage you to be like me. Single. Because if you're married, 
You don't get to focus only on what God wants. Because you got to focus on what your wife wants. Can I get an amen for that? Because we all know if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I'm happy it's Father's Day. Because 364 days are Mother's Day. If you want to have a happy woman, you better serve that woman well. Paul said if you get married, you're entangled. Now, I'm not trying to discourage this because this teaching has been twisted and so much of the ridiculous and disgusting perversion that has been in the church has been because people were not allowed to have natural relations. If they, they had to either choose to serve God or choose to go live a regular life. And if they chose to serve God, then they had to die to the desire to get married. And so we have all types of destruction that has been released. But the centurion understood that service was first. He had to submit his service and everything was about the empire. Everything was about what the emperor wanted. Everything was about what the palace needed. Jesus similarly said, I must be about my father's business. I must be in my father's house. Of Jesus, it was said, it was prophesied, zeal for the father's house would consume him. How much does service to God's kingdom and God's house consume you? How much importance and priority do you put on service inside of God's kingdom and God's house? We're, we're in the middle of a shift in our culture. Previously to this pandemic that was released on the planet, Church attendance was completely different. We, our church attendance dropped by 50% during the pandemic. We didn't start really growing back until we came into this building and got some new fresh energy. A lot of you are new families that weren't with us necessarily in the hotel or in the vineyard or in the school before you found us recently. But people just disconnected. I'm good. I'll just watch online. No hard feelings. People that watch online, I understand life is busy. Life's crazy. But the reality is that you need us and we need you. And the kingdom cannot move forward with spectators. The kingdom moves forward with soldiers. People that submit their service. People that say, let me get my hands dirty. People that say, let me be all in. People that say, it's, it's, a, it's about the team more than myself. It's about sacrifice. It's about selflessness. It's about service before self. We're spoiled Americans. We're babies. We whine about this, whine about that. Air, air conditioners go out. It stinks. It's horrible. We're so spoiled to have air conditioners. When were air conditioners invented? A hundred years ago? Didn't have them before. Thank God for them. In Jesus' name, thank God that these ones aren't going to go out. Because my God, if they do, it's like $200,000 for air conditioners in a building like this. It's craziness. But it's a It's It's privilege. And we're spoiled. And we don't think service first. In fact, oftentimes, we approach God like he's serving us. Our prayer life. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. I want, I want, I want. 
What about me? What, if, if, if things don't happen on our timetable the way we want them, we get mad at God, frustrated at God, like he's a bad waiter. We're like, excuse me? Who works for who? Whose house is more important? See, I've watched people come into the church, have nothing, broken, relationships broken, broke, come underneath the blessing, begin to be inspired, informed, instructed, taught, come into great relationships, friendships that shifted and changed their lives. Marriage healed, marriage restored, business takes off. All of a sudden, they're feeling good. Money in the bank. Don't need church. Now, now instead of being so grateful, they're like, why do they need that? Preacher just wants my money. Where was that attitude when you were broke? Where was that attitude when you were broken? See, if we're not careful, we can fall into a trap of comfort, complacency, and we forget that we're soldiers in service. And everything you have can be gone in a moment. At the end of your life, you'll stand before the king. And you'll either get a well done, or as I've heard it said, well, you're done. Good friend of mine said, it's all his. Everything I have is his. We all have priorities. We all have responsibilities. But where is God's house? Where is submission and service inside of God's house and for the kingdom? Where is that on your priorities? Because I myself, I wouldn't be who I am today without the years of service inside of God's house. The best friends I've ever made. Serving. Band of brothers. My wife. I met her serving in children's ministry. Serving in youth ministry. The best relationships, the most valuable lessons I learned was when I was being selfless in serving. Some of the most distant times from God was when I was being selfish and not serving. Just saying. It's been my experience. I want to encourage you. Don't fall into the trap. Obey God. He owns your time. It's all his. He owns your gifts. They're all his. Use them in the church. Use them outside of the church. Number two, submit your finances. Oh, here he goes. Did you know that the centurion understood that nothing he had was actually his? I, I did some research on the pay scale of different military people, basic in infantrymen. Their pay was 100 denarii a year. 100 denarii. A denarii was one day's wages for a common worker. An infantryman got 100 days wages for 365 days. And of that, he didn't keep it. He only got a portion of it. There was a signing bonus when you signed on, but most of your signing bonus went to pay for all of your materials. You weren't given government issue. You were given a bonus, and then you got to go pay for your sword. You got to go pay for your armor. You got to go pay for your stuff. The emperor was your source. 
And they worked not for their income. Now, the centurion actually made more money. He, had a, he was a, a highest level in the infantry uh, as far as an infantry officer. And, and he made about, uh, about 1,000 denarii. So, so, so three times the daily wage, which was great for him. But he still didn't see all of it. And he worked for two things. To earn his retirement and to earn his place in Elysium. Elysium was what the Romans believed was the everlasting fields. Whenever you finished in honor and you finished with dignity, you'd be welcomed into the afterlife, into this everlasting field called, field called Elysium. It was the paradise. So he lived with the mindset that what I have, I only have because the emperor gave it to me. Many years ago, I got to see one of my good friends get saved. He was very successful. Um, and when you're very successful and you live a very sinful life, you can afford to do very wicked things. And, and his life at times looked like an adult movie. He could afford to sin at the highest level. He told me that in the last year and a half, he was so sick. He was on drugs. He was doing all kinds of horrific and perverse things. He said, Joel, I have, in the last year, I've spent a million and a half dollars on sin. And he became one of the greatest givers. When he got saved, he became one of the greatest givers I'd ever seen. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I would thank him. I said, thank you so much for supporting God's work. Thank you for supporting God's kingdom. He said, Joel, it's all his. None of it's mine. I, I, made, I made lots of money. I, I wasted it. I never had a purpose for my money. Now I realize it was never mine in the first place. It's all his. My daughter, she's 18. She's got her first job. Working at a little smoothie place. Making minimum wage. She had her first check coming up. She'd been on the job for two, three weeks. First check coming up. Baby, you got to sign up. Get on push pay. Set up your giving account. It's time to set up your own, your own tithe. I'm going to help you. We're gonna, and I'm hounding her. I'm hounding her. I'm hounding her. I'm hounding her. My God, he's relentless. He just, he even wants his kid's money. Do you think her little, <laughs> do you think her minimum wage, do you think her minimum wage tithe is going to affect the future of this church? It's not. It doesn't affect me one bit. You know what it affects? Her. It affects her. It's about her covenant with the king. It's about her winning and passing the test of God is first in my life. I'm not going to allow my child who lives under my roof to not learn the most valuable lesson that if God is not the Lord of your finances, he's not the Lord of your life. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart is. And if God doesn't have your treasure, he doesn't have your heart. And Jesus said, if you can't be trusted with earthly money, how can you ever be trusted with real Spiritual gifts, true riches, he called them. So I hounded her because I want my daughter to understand. This is a principle I've lived my entire life. I, I can't wait to tithe. I can't wait to give more than my tithe. I can't wait to tithe off the gross of my income, the gross of my business, before, before taxes, before bills. Why? Because it's all his. And I've learned, I've learned, I've lived 
that when God is the Lord of my money, I never lack. I never lack. Doesn't mean you don't have times that are up and times that are down, times that are thicker and times that are thinner, but I never lack. God meets every single need. My finances belong to him. He's the Lord of my finances. I submit my finances to him. The last thing, submit your words. Submit your words. Oh, this is the hardest one. It's the hardest one, especially nowadays, because we, we, we live under the false pretense that your opinion matters. Everyone's got an opinion now. Jump out there on social media. Say all your thoughts as if they matter. Joel, I can't believe. Submit your words. The centurion's opinion didn't matter. There were, there were times, there were moments where maybe he would speak up and say, hey, to his commanding officer, I think this, I think that, permission to speak freely. But your opinion on everything? I can't believe this crawfish etouffee at Papa Do's was so horrible. I'm going on Yelp and I'm letting everyone know two stars at Papa Do's. Horrific service. The texture of the sauce was gritty. How dare they? Being facetious. Papados is perfect. Everyone knows this. <laughs> Submit your words. Whatever the emperor said, whatever the emperor said, that was the word. The centurion would never defy the command of the emperor. It was law. This is how you know when, when they put the seal on the tomb to seal Jesus, it was a Roman seal that no one would have touched. The disciples who were chickens at the time, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They weren't walking in boldness. They would have never broken that seal to roll the stone back on their own because it would have been punishable by death. To break the Roman seal was to defy Caesar to his face. The centurion only said what he was commanded to say. His opinion didn't matter. He submitted his words. Jesus said, I only say what my father tells me to say. What would happen if we submitted our words? Some of us, we walk around, we're, we're, we're literally a walking complaint department. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe this. How dare they? How could they? Walking complaint department. I, I heard someone say something years ago that really affected my life. It might bless you. Shut up and pray. <laughs> Shut up and pray, man. Oh, my gosh. We can. I, I, look, I, I'm preaching at me. My mouth is the greatest gift and the greatest curse that I have. I get myself in more trouble with this little space right here. Submit your words. And know that God is your rewarder. I'm going to pray for you today. God is your rewarder. I, I, I hope that this mindset of a military individual, the mindset of a soldier, soaks into your soul. I know many of you walk in this and you have this and you're, you're, you're incredible in that way. I hope that others of you are challenged to step up, to submit your service, to submit your finance, to submit your words. There's one more point. Submit your dreams. 
submit your dreams. God delights in the desires of the diligent. If you will submit and serve him, he will make your dreams come true. He will bring you into a season of delight. That's what the Lord, the word declares. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.